Welcome to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. Join us on our journey as the host, Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, talks about how ordinary people can become extraordinary with the power of real estate investing. Here, he and his guests share their expert knowledge on how to create wealth through real estate investing, the mindset required to become a millionaire, and what it takes to master the craft. Hey guys, this is Martin Perdomo, the Elite Strategist, and you're listening to Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast. And today I have a special guest, Amanda Holmes. She is the CEO of Shet Holmes International CHI, a company which has assisted over 250,000 businesses grow over the last 30 years. She's the daughter of renowned sales expert Shet Holmes, and she's inherited the business at the tender age of 24. My goodness. Um, after her father unexpectedly passed away, uh, she also, Amanda since has doubled CHI's clients for uh, consecutive years and are growing continuously to grow. She's also the author of The Ultimate Sales Machine. She is a great resource, and I am so glad to have her here. Amanda, welcome, first and foremost. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to learn from you, and I'm excited um, from everything that the audience is going to learn from you. So I know that that intro does not do you justice. Please, please tell us a little bit about yourself and who Amanda Holmes is. Uh, yes. Um, so my father originally wrote The Ultimate Sales Machine, which is a cult classic. Um, our clientele call it the Red Bible because second to the Bible, they read that the most. And um, it uh, for the last decade, I really haven't put much marketing dollars behind promoting that book. And yet we have sold so many copies just from people loving it so much. It's been voted in the top 10 most recommended marketing and sales books of all time. And uh, so uh, the publisher came to me a few years ago and said, we'd like you to do a new edition. And I said, no way. I couldn't even touch it. That thing is sacred. But eventually I said yes. So I have spent the last four years redoing and adding to my father's book. So he wrote the uh, the framework and I have just updated it to make those strategies that are timeless into a more modern tactical um, update. Tell us a little bit about that. What are some of those timeless strategies? Let's start with those timeless strategies and then tell us a little bit more about you know, with technology, things have changed so much drastically. Tell us, why don't we start there? Yeah. So when my father first wrote this book, websites was two words. <laughs> so <laughs> over several years, right? Websites became one word and it didn't have a capital W, right? Or faxes were, were important at that time. It was pre the internet. And I'll tell you over so for a half century, the real big innovations that happened in marketing was we went from radio to television. It took it took 38 years for radio to get to 50 million users. It took television half that. It went down to 13 years to reach 50 million users. It took the internet, I'm sorry, it took Facebook four years to get to 50 million users. And Pokemon Go, it took six weeks for Pokemon Go to reach 50 million users. So wow. as you can see, right? So for a half century, we really only had two innovations. But in the last 15 years, 
new marketing mediums pop up and leave every other day, the speed at which they get popular and then they also fade is insane. I mean, we just look at the amount of advertisers on Facebook alone in the last four years, it's gone from 3 million advertisers on Facebook to 9 million advertisers on Facebook. So for anybody that's running their company, if you're saying, wow, I feel like there's so much noise out there and I can't get the attention of my prospects. Well, it's no wonder 10 years ago, it was mostly the elite that were advertising. Now there are 3.8 billion social media pages on the internet today, 3.8 billion. So every mother, woman, child, grandmother, dog has their own page that they're putting out content. No wonder we're having such a hard time busting through that clutter. We call it the clutter factor. So for an organization 10 years ago, they would have to market on seven different marketing channels. Today, the average company markets on 13 different marketing channels with five social media platforms and three paid advertising sites. So we're doing double the amount of work for a fraction of the result. So what we really have to do is we have to get very clear and focused on where is our target buyer? If you want to all of a sudden start doing a bunch of content on TikTok, but your target market is, you know, 80 and above, they're not there, right? If you want to start doing LinkedIn, but you're targeting kids that are in high school, probably not there, right? So you really have to identify where your prospects are. Then you have to have a way to bring them into your world and start educating them because people are sick and tired of being pushed or sold to. 97% of prospects feel that salespeople are too pushy today. And it's really because of the surge of Amazon and online e-commerce. People are buying homes and cars online without ever having to talk to a salesperson. So we really have to get smarter about how we're educating them so that by the time they do raise their hand and say, yes, I want to talk to somebody about purchasing a home or buying a property, they've done their due diligence online. You already know they've done that. So have you set yourself up online so that that conversation comes to you and not your competitors so that by the time you close, you are the only logical conclusion? Wow. That's a lot of information, really good information. There's a lot to unpack there. I want to start by asking you, you gave us some data up front, um, 13, 13 years, seven years, four years. You gave us some really important data there up front. I want to start there, unpacking that. Um, what do you see, you being a, a marketing expert, what do you see is the way of the future, right? So there's two there's two things that stood out to everything you said to me. What is the, the next way, actually, to videos and things like that, social media, from your experience as, a, as an expert, what do you see as the next big thing or that maybe you know that we don't know regular people just running our businesses may not know or see or just that's not in our spatial awareness, right? And um, and how do you, how does a marketer, how does a company, how does an investor, someone marketing their product find out where or are there any resources where my people are hanging out so I can put my messaging in front of them? Uh, let me give some context first before I answer that question. Yep. So 95% of businesses will never make it to a million in annual sales. Of that, 0.08% get to 5 million. 
Of that, 1.5% get to 10 million and 0.004% make it to 100 million and beyond. So it's a very small percentage of businesses that grow from a million to five, from five to 10, from 10 to 100 and beyond. And it actually doesn't have to do with your product if you're selling real estate, right? Or your service, if you're providing consulting on real estate, whatever it may be. Um, It's actually the skills it takes to grow the business. That's the difference between going from one revenue jump to the next. And those skills can be developed. So we train on 12 core competencies on how you can double your sales. And majority of the time, it's just one of those 12s that will be able to assist you to double. So this all comes back to there is so much, so many things out there to um, the shiny object syndrome, right? We're perpetually going, oh, maybe I need to learn this. Maybe I need to learn that. Maybe I need to do this. Mastery isn't about doing 4,000 different things. It's about doing 12 things 4,000 times. So when you ask me, what marketing should we go after? You should get down to the very the framework, the basics of understanding how to generate more leads. And you focus on it just one, even if it's just one hour a week on how can I get better about working on my business? So I'm focused on, okay, what marketing am I doing? Am I generating leads from it? Am I getting a profit from it? How much does it cost me to market my business? If you don't know any of those questions, you need to start understanding those questions. And then from there, there we can work smarter about okay where do we need to focus is it that uh the we're not grabbing people's attention is it that we are grabbing their attention but we can't get them to actually uh buy uh, where is it in my own marketing and sales process where i need to focus and it's really just narrowing down all of that clutter and that noise to focus on one skill set at a time and just making that better and better and better and better. Like for instance, if you're marketing to everyone, you're marketing to nobody. So, so I'll give you an example. I work, uh, I'm, I have a client that will do a hundred different pieces of marketing a month. They used to do memes. They did white papers. They did webinars. They did uh, gifts. They did social media posts, all of these things, blogs, videos, And they were generating thousands of leads a month, and yet they couldn't close a client, not even one a month, let alone one every couple of months. Mm. And we identified that it was because they were marketing to everyone, anyone. So when they started to get laser focused on who was actually the decision maker, right? Because it's easy to get in the door with uh, one person rather than the person that actually has the cash in their pocket that can sign a check or right uh, send you the money. Um, when we started getting laser focused on them, then it became, okay, let's run an event just for those decision makers. And instead of getting 5,000 leads a month, they got 60, but of those 60, they closed two, which generated more revenue than their hundreds of, uh, different, uh, marketing mediums that they were all trying to deploy. So very first step is just who is your target that you're reaching out to? And get really hyper focused on it. And I'll I'll give an exercise real quick. Uh, this will be really helpful. So if you go back and you look at your past clients over the last year or three years, depending on how many clients you have. If you have more clients, then you know it's okay to go to a year. If you don't have as many, you go back maybe two years. And you look at all of how much money did they spend with you, and who spent the most money with you. 
um, you can list them as the ones that have spent the most money with you and down. And you look at that top 20% of your clientele. And very often we find that 80% of the revenue is produced by only 20% of your clients. So who are that 20%? What about them? Where do they spend their time online? How did you get them into your world? Where did they come from? Was it a referral? Was it that they play golf with you? Is it that they're at your church? Is it Where are they in your world? So then you can replicate the success that you've already had to move forward with more focus. Does that help that, answer some questions? That, that is That was amazing. That was really, really, really good stuff that you shared there. Um, so if if you if there's an investor out there or there's there's a listener an entrepreneur it doesn't have to be an investor right because this this show is for all kinds of people listen to the show if there's someone an entrepreneur out there that's thinking man um this marketing thing there's so much noise out there there's so much I don't know where to start right this used to be me and I'm speaking this um the avatar that's talking here years ago i don't know where to start i'm going to do this here i'm going to do that there i'm going to do this here i'm going to do that there and then you're spinning your wheels um where would you say as of the this moment as we record this podcast october where would you say is the the best place that maybe someone could start like what's the thing what's that one place i know we talked about earlier the fastest um the fastest way to double your sales or your marketing uh, before we before we started this episode. The, fa- the fastest, yes. least expensive way to double your sales. Yes. Right. Where 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 is that? Like where to where? If I'm that guy, right? I'm that I'm that gal. I'm that person, that human being, and that business. Okay, where do I go, Amanda? I'm not a marketer. I have a great product, which is as you know is what happens with most people. They have great product, have a great thing, but they no one cares, right? Because no one hears, you can't sell it. You might have the best product in the world and you can't sell it. I had a, I'll share this with you and, you and you could elaborate a little bit on it. I think you would appreciate it as a, as a, you know, marketing agency and doing what you do and not marketing expert. I had a, I had a mentor early in my career when I started in sales at 19 and he, when I would go in his office, I got promoted to manager. I was in insurance sales and he was the number one agency in the whole entire country. Right. And one day I go in his office and he told me this. He said to me, um, he said, Martin, you know, when I was in sales, when he was in sales, he before he bought, if he had a decision, it was his wife was name was Sandy. If he had a decision and he had two kids, if I had a decision to invest in my marketing and in my leads and or buy food for my family, he would put his money behind marketing and leads. And he said, and he said to me, literally, like he was extreme about it. And he, I, he really meant it. He would put his money into marketing leads because he said, I knew that if I uh, got in front of people, if I had leads to work, my family will always have food on the table. I will always be able to provide. This is multimillionaire three, five times. I don't know how many times over, but he was the biggest agency of a fortune 500 insurance company in the whole entire country. And this is his advice to me. And I was this young guy and I'm like, uh, you know, I was a young guy with a few kids struggling in sales. And I'm like, shit, I don't know that I can relate to that. Like I, I couldn't comprehend that now more mature, older, a little wiser businessman. I'm like, ah, I totally get that. Um, what is your take on that? When someone says something like that, how do you receive that? Sounds like he was really good at sales, which is great. And that he was confident that he could close the business that 
he would have to bring in. So smart man. Ultimately, ultimately, the 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 thing which a part I forgot to tell you was the thing that he ultimately said was, he said, Martin, in business, the best salesperson is not the person that's going to win. The best marketer will win every single time. <laughs> that was the ultimate. That's that that was that's where he was going. He was trying to get me to invest more in my business, um, and buy more leads, and stay in front of people, and market more. And this was going. I'm going back 1998, Amanda. Right? I'm going back mm-hmm. quite a bit of years now. Right? And yeah. this is what he was telling me is he would tell this at this point. I was a manager. He would share with this this with us all the time. The best marketer will win, not the best salesperson, every that's single time. Terrible. What's your thoughts on that? Well, so I'll tie it back to something that we teach. So um, majority of people, when they go and they market themselves, I'll use a real estate broker out of California that's a client of ours or has been a client of ours. Uh, So it's one of the highest markets in the United States. It's one of the most wealthy. The average home goes for over a million dollars, average. And he was trying to find a way to get in front of his competitors because, you know, real estate broker dime a dozen there. Mm -hmm. So everyone else just, you know, if somebody is looking to sell their home or they're looking to buy a home, they just go online and they look at reviews, right? There wasn't much differentiation of the different brokers. So he worked with us and we crafted for him a, what we call a stadium pitch. So if you imagine that you're in a stadium full of your potential prospects and you had uh, one title to keep them in their seats to hear what you have to say, what would be the title of your talk? Now, majority of businesses, I won't do this with you, but you've seen me do this in the room with DLP. Um, What most businesses do is they say, well, hey, you know, I am Martin. I have been in business for 30 years and I have served this many clients and I'm the best and I'm different from the rest because, you know, I just have what it takes. (laughs) So, so many businesses just talk about themselves. Now, if you analyze, like, let's say that if you decided to just dial for dollars, if you picked a hundred people to cold call, or you were in front of a lunch and learn and you had a room full of a hundred people, or you were on Facebook and you decided to write a post to your following at any given time. This is what we call the buyer's pyramid. And if you wanted to follow along and you wanted to make notes, you could draw a pyramid. So you draw a pyramid and at the top 3% of that pyramid, you draw a line that just at the tippy top, 3% of your market is in the buying now category. And you'll notice this. If you cold call 100 people, three of them will be interested because they'll be in that buying now category. If you're if you're putting ads online, 3% is usually the average conversion rate that you're getting. So 3% are in the buying now category. Then you put another line at just a little bit below that. 7% of that buyer's pyramid are open to it. They're researching it. They're thinking about it. Then the rest of the buyer's pyramid, 30% aren't thinking about what you have to offer. The next 30% are not interested in what you have to say. And the last 30% are definitely not interested. They have their own opinions of what you do. So 90% of the people that you're marketing to don't care about you. So what we have to do to get ahead of all of those competition that's just talking about themselves is we have to educate So how do we educate? Uh, So this one gentleman, instead of saying, hey, I'm a real estate broker, I can help you sell your house. He gave an education on the three things you need to know so you don't lose money selling your home. And there's secrets about this that majority of people don't know. It's something to to that effect. I don't remember exactly. I'm trying to pull it out because you're 
more in real estate. So he led with an education of here's what's going on in the marketplace. Here's what you need to understand about the average home. Here's what uh, you need to know about um, when you do sell your home. There's all of these different pieces that people miss. And he built himself up as an expert. So before he even said, and this is my price, and this is what I do, they were already sold because he treated them with such respect that he gave them a completely different experience than any other broker because the broker was just there to tactically sell. I just want to sell, sell, sell instead of leading with an education. When you lead with an, so it, it really comes down to that mantra of stop selling and start educating. So marketing, yes, knowing your target demographic and who that is and getting really refined on it. Yes. Leading with an education to set yourself apart from everyone else. Absolutely. Then prices have no objection. So this gentleman was able to increase his price. He was more expensive than his competitors and he was closing more business because he led as an expert and he taught his prospects something that was of value. Perfect. That's really, that is, with all the noise, that makes a lot of sense to be the person that educates people and shares. So someone starting out, let's say you sell t-shirts, right? Someone's out there selling t-shirts. How does someone selling t-shirts starts educating people, right? Like, where do you start? Where would someone listening, whatever, maybe they own a restaurant, maybe they own, I don't know, maybe they own a bunch of rentals or something. Uh, Where does someone like that? And how does someone, how do you format a strategy around educating around anything, basically. And where do you do that in this day and age? Hmm. So we have helped more companies become number one in their industry than anyone else. And it really breaks down to a framework. So that buyer's pyramid that I explained to you, uh, since business has flipped on its head, since my father came out with the first version of the book, we took the buyer's pyramid and we flipped that on its head. So it's in the shape of an upside down uh, triangle, similar to like a funnel, if anybody is familiar with a funnel is. So what we start with is you have to understand global pains. What is a global pain that will grab the attention of all of your prospects? So I'll give you an example. I speak to business owners of every industry and um, our research reports that 85% of businesses had less revenue last year than the year prior, 85%. Mm. And yet 15% of businesses generated more profits than at any other time since we've been tracking profits from the feds in 1948. So last year was a record banner year for 15% of them. Why? Because they're experts at marketing online. That was the differentiation Mm. between the 85 versus the 15. Mm. So that is an example of a global pain, right? I am talking about something that affects all businesses and it's rather fascinating, right? How interesting. I didn't realize that. And we're talking about something that spans over time. Why? Because I'm building myself up as an expert. Then uh, the next section is target pain. You want to talk about what keeps your prospect up at night. And I will tell you, if you're selling real estate, Maybe a part of that 3% could say, wow, that's what's keeping me up at night. But the rest of them are thinking about their spouse and the and the fight that they got in right before bed. They're thinking about their health because, you know, the average family has 14 prescription pills that they take a day. Insane. Um, they're thinking about the 
problem they had with one of their staff or with somebody that they love. There's so many other things on the top of their mind. It's your job to understand what's keeping them up at night. Because if you can articulate their pain better than they can themselves, they know that you are the expert. So how do we craft that so that you can teach teach them about their own pain points? Then we get into more of a solution. That's the next step. So what are some solutions? What are just some helpful tips that you can give somebody that has nothing to do with your product? Maybe it's just, um, you know, I'm going to teach you this thing about saving cash and this little thing you probably didn't know about banks and how they collect money just to build rapport with you. So how can I build rapport and show that I'm an expert? I'm going to find one way to make your life easier. So what is that? It could even be if you're local and you're helping somebody local and they're thinking about moving to that area, you say, oh, and hey, here's a list of the five restaurants that you should probably know that are best, they're world-class, and yet they're half the price. So you'll love it there, right? Just providing value, little nuggets, right? Then the next step is resetting of the buying criteria because a lot of people will start trying to do content online. They'll start educating people, whether that's on a blog or on their social media profiles or on their website or in videos or on podcasts. But if you're educating, you could just as easily be sending your prospects to your competition if you don't lead them to you as the only logical conclusion. So as part of your education, you need to educate them on everything they need to know when buying a product or service like yours. So if you follow those steps, target pain, I'm sorry, global pain, target pain, solutions, resetting of the buying criteria. You haven't even mentioned your product or service yet. And they're like, yes, I want to buy. I couldn't pick anybody else. I don't even know what you sell, but I'm done. I'm ready, right? That That is a format and a formula that we have used for the last 30 years to help companies become number one. So it's hard for me to say you should start a blog or you should start a podcast. It depends on who your target market is where they spend their time, but then what you really focus on, which is what I'm saying, is the message that gets them there and positioning yourself as that expert uh, with it all leading to the sale. This, it's just so, it's so, it just makes so much sense, right? Everything you're saying just makes so much sense. But as entrepreneurs, as business owners, sometimes we're so caught up in our, and the whirlwinds of our business that we just, you know, we're just so busy doing, 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 doing that we don't stop to think. And this is where bringing outside help, um, people such like yourself to come. This is what you do all day, every day. You've got this figured out and you, you, you do this. So what exactly, how do you come into a business and help a business? Right. What, how do how do you do that? How do you determine that when, you know, business that's, um, and what type of businesses do you help? Do you help small businesses? Do you are, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you're an author and maybe someone's watching this and your dad had, you know, built this great big business. And maybe someone's watching this and, or listening to this and saying, wow, everything she's saying makes a lot of sense, but can I afford it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. Can I, so, I'm a small business, two, three people. And yeah, I need to do yeah. that. But can I so do this? Like, so who do you help? Go ahead. 
Yes. So my father, uh, you know, worked with 60 of the Fortune 500. He got his big break working for a billionaire by the name of Charlie Munger, who's co-chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. And he doubled the sales of nine different divisions for Charlie, all within 12 to 15 months. And several of them doubled multiple years consecutively. So we realized that he had a system for sales. So he would charge anywhere between forty dollars to $60,000 a month to work with a client. But then he took all of that knowledge and put it into the ultimate sales machine. That is why that thing, our clients call it the Red Bible, because that right there is... I mean, clients actually got mad at my father for having put all of his information into that book because they had spent a quarter of a million dollars with my father, you know, a half a million dollars to get all of that implemented. But now it's $17 that you can buy a $17 book that has half a million dollars worth of consulting that you could have paid. Instead, you're getting it for 17 bucks. So I always recommend that place first because- the book. That book is a mecca of, of knowledge. And even if you said, well, I really don't want to invest 17 bucks, which, you know, if you don't want to even invest 17 bucks on yourself, then we're probably not a good fit. Anyways, you can go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, chapter four is free. And what I just explained to you, uh, it breaks down even more of that and gives a, a lot of great case studies explaining it. Um, but get the book. That is for everyone and anyone, and it's a roadmap that has worked for hundreds of thousands of businesses all around the world from startup to the Fortune 500. So that's a great place to start. Then after that, we also have courses because people read it and go, wow, I want even more and I want to I want to consume it in video format. So we have courses. We also have boot camps that are also very affordable um, to bring more companies together online where they can go through a training and it can be live and interactive and engaging. And then, you know, from week one to week two, we're challenging everybody in there. Who's going to generate more leads? Who's going to generate more sales? Okay, let's go, go, go. And everybody does it together. And it's this fun camaraderie across the world in so many different industries. It's fascinating. You learn so much from everybody else already uh, in the training. So that's also a fun thing. And then if you say, you know what, I'd really like one-on-one help. I want somebody to guide me that knows the five steps I need to take ahead of me and can just keep me from falling down a well. Uh, Or you say, no, yeah, it sounds like she knows what she's doing. I'd rather have your team come in and just do it for me. So those are the different levels that we have. And we service everyone across the sun. It's, you know, I have a team full of coaches and consultants and writers and researchers, and it's not just me. (laughs) I'm just carrying the mantle. Outstanding. That is great. You're doing great work out there, Amanda, for for businesses. And this is a service. And this is what you shared with us, by the way, today is just gold. Everything you shared with us today is absolutely gold. Thank you so much. I want to just switch it up a little bit. um, Because there's one thing about you that attracted me to you. And I mentioned this to you earlier. And I mentioned this to you when I met you a few months ago at the event that we were in. It's a a spiritual part of business, right? there is there's some things I'm a really big I'm really big on the spirituality part of business. So, you know, one of the one of the people I, I actually consider a mentor because I follow him and I've been through his stuff is Tony Robbins. And in one of his courses and business business courses, um, it, he t- teaches heavily teaches there that the business game is a spiritual game. Right. It's uh, the business is an extension of who you are. And I want to just touch on that a little bit with you um, and, and your thoughts on that. Um, cause I know you, you do some things, um, meditation and then you really focus on, 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 on self, you know, making sure that you're good and you're whole 
you're running this big company. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Tell us a little bit about that side of of Amanda, other than the just the business part and the leader and but the things that Amanda as a leader does, and that maybe you found or maybe your father has found in his walks and your walks dealing with with big companies and very successful people, some of the characteristics and the traits and and the strategies and the rituals is what I'm looking for. That's the word I'm looking for, rituals that they have to keep themselves grounded and to keep going forward. Uh, wow, that was a lot there. But yes. It's a loaded uh, question. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay. So uh, my company wouldn't be alive today if it weren't for the practices that I do mentally and spiritually. Um, it It was an utter miracle that we survived the loss of my father. He was larger than life. He was the personality. He was the innovator. He was the creator. He, It's called Chet Holmes International for a reason. And losing that without any succession plan, I was 24 years old as a singer-songwriter. And then I had a couple hundred staff, all double, triple my age. Mm. And that shouldn't have carried on. Um, so I was lucky enough to have his methodology to follow but I never would have gotten there if it weren't for, so I study under an Indian saint, her formal title is Sarvalokama, Her Holiness, Sri Sri Sri, 1008 Guruji Punamji, which is very long, but it means divine mother to all. And uh, I call her Guruji. And she was the one that really said, Amanda, you can step in and you can be CEO of this. And I looked at her like, that is crazy. <laughs> Absolutely no way. And why would I even want to? I mean, this is a nightmare. And uh, I kept hiring and firing different C-suites to fill the void. And eventually I, I did step in as CEO and it's been eight years now. But I never thought that I would be capable of doing that or that I'd be able to rework our whole marketing and sales channel because I'd never done it. And I had people all around me that, you know, were, had been 10 years with my company, 15 years with my company. I kept looking at them going, are you going to find a solution? And they couldn't figure it out because my father was the innovator in the company. So it was really hard to innovate. Uh, luckily I take after my father in that inspect or in that aspect. So innovation comes easily to me, but I didn't have the belief in myself and it took tons and tons of work to understand. I mean, for four years, I shaved my head Mm. as a ritual to release my attachment to the expectations of what other people thought of me. My guru said, if you are living your life based on what you think other people will think of you, you'll never be able to succeed in this business. And, and it would all come crumbling down. And I went, okay, whatever it takes, which it took me a couple of years, actually, I, I would wear my hair back in a, in a tight bun. Cause I knew that eventually I wouldn't have hair. So I didn't want people to get used to me having hair. And, uh, so finally I shaved my head and it was my practice of releasing my attachment to how I look or how I perceive other people think of me so that I could truly be committed to being the best version of myself for when I put my head on the pillow at night, I know that I'm doing what's best for me. Uh, So, and that really came from a place of what's best for me is coming from a place of service. 
So it's in giving that we receive. So um, everything led with what can I do to best serve my clients? How can I make sure that they have the best success? And when that focus was in place, then I started innovating and it started working and it started growing. Uh, But it's a perpetual battle. I'll tell you one thing that I do do um, pretty religiously is I don't listen to the radio anymore. I don't listen to music because I find that a lot of music is very negative. It's very focused on the desires of our lives. It's focused on the depression that's happening and we absorb everything around us. So I am very, um, very protective of the space around me and the things that I listen to. I don't want to waste my time with anything that's less than uplifting. So uh, I listen to a lot of, I'll listen to um, classical music because there aren't any words that are fumbling around saying one thing or another. It's just, it's stimulating my brain um, because there isn't a monotonous, um, you know, I'm sad today. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really want to hear it. Mm -hmm. So I'm very big about the music that's around me. I'm very big about uh, mantra meditation, which you had heard me do in the room, which was super Mm -hmm. fun. It just something repetitive that's positive. So this morning I was singing one that was like, um, I'm one with the light. It shines so bright. I'm one with the light. It is divine. And I just sing that for like Mm -hmm. five minutes, just on repeat. And Mm -hmm. throughout my day, I find that my subconscious is perpetually singing this positive thing over and over and over again. Whereas other people are singing like, you know. I want to hurt myself. I want to shoot somebody. It's just like the craziest of things that we sing about. But, but if our mind is working on the positive and we get that stuck in our head and it's perpetually working for our benefit, then we're elevating ourselves in a positive way. And we can make that difference. That's something that's super simple. It's just, it takes discipline. My father used to teach the single most important thing to succeed in business or life is pigheaded discipline and determination. So I'm extremely disciplined about the things that I welcome into my head around me, what I listen to, to keep me positive. Cause I want to feel positive. Absolutely. Guys, why wouldn't you want to do business with someone like this? She's freaking <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really love that. Uh, if you don't mind sharing with my listeners, cause I really enjoyed that mantra that you did at the, that live event. Well, could you yeah. share that mantra with the listeners? Because that that is such a positive mantra, guys. Yeah. If you do this mantra, like she did with us, right? And you can do it as you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're listening to this podcast for five years, ten years. It doesn't matter. This is such an amazing mantra. But she 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 has a beautiful voice because she's also an artist. I'm gonna let her do it. Could you do that and and share it with the yeah. listeners, please? That mantra. That's so funny. Yeah. So the words are, I'm happy. I love myself. My body's full of love and light. It goes, I'm I'm happy. I love myself. My body's full of love and light. Yeah. I love that. I love myself. My body's full of love and light. So guys, if you're listening to this and you just repeat that when you wake up in the morning, I'm happy. I love myself. My body body full of love love and light. If you repeat that, you will immediately feel in your body and your nervous system, your body immediately shifts. Anyways, 
Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you came on, shared so much. We talked about so many different things, business, spirituality, and all these things. If someone wanted to get a hold of you, connect with you, uh, buy your book, do get yes. join your group, yeah. just connect with you. Because why wouldn't anyone want to connect with you, with someone like you, with your company, what you guys are doing and what you're doing? Um, why not, guys? Like, come on. So how do they get a hold of you? How, where do they find you? How do they connect with you, yes. man? So uh, ultimatesalesmachine.com is where you can get the book and some special bonuses. We're um, doing some really great things around the launch. So you can get that there. Um, And then you can also, um, if you wanted to know the biggest thing holding you back from doubling your sales, you could go to howtodoublesales.com and that will lead you through a whole education for free, complimentary. Uh, it'll just ask you some questions. And after you've answered the questions, it'll give you what you need. What It'll prescribe you what training you need. And then if you wanted to say, hi, I'm active on social medias, all the social medias, uh, but I'm most active on Instagram. And Amanda Holmes was taken. So Amandita Holmes, my salsa name, Amandita Holmes, <laughs> is where you can find me on Instagram. Love it. I love it. Thank you, Amanda. Really appreciate you. And guys, if um, you've been listening to and or watching Latinos and Real Estate Investing Podcast, and please hit her up because she's pretty awesome. That's why I had her here. She's a rock star. You want to connect with her. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for checking us out. And Amanda, thank you for being here. And I hope to have you back on here soon. Thank you for listening to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. If you like to invest passively in real estate with our group, please email martin at premierridgecapital.com.